needs are found in Jesus, but it's the decision piece that we struggle with. Because the decision says, I will be content with whatever my shepherd gives me, even if it's what I don't want. And I'm here to tell you, right here, this is where people veer off the road of faith. This is where people walk away, because they're like, what I want is this, and if I don't get this, then obviously God isn't good to me. You probably know someone who walked away from a relationship with Jesus because of something or someone that they wanted more. There's always the temptation to do that. Even though we don't want to admit it, those are called sins. One of the things Pastor Daniel is going to teach about today is the character trait of contentment. You'll learn about resisting the attitude of discontentment the world would have you take on. And now here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 23 as he continues his message, Led and Content. In Isaiah, he's saying, look, the Lord is going to come with strength. And he's going to feed his lambs. And he's going to gather them together. And he's going to hold them. That idea of being held to the bosom. And we just did baby dedications. You know, I just think of all the moms with their kids. And they hold them so I remember when I'd watch Lynn with our kids when they were little. And I'm like, oh, and I'd try and like hold them real close. And, you know, but I'm not mom. I'm furry and stuff. And they're like, get away. Like, where's mom? You know? But it speaks of tenderness. It speaks of intimacy. And this is what God is desiring to do. He wants to gently lead those who are young. Then if you think about John chapter 10, verses 11 to 16. I'm just going to read verses 11 and 14 of that, but this whole section where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. So when David says, Yahweh, the Lord is my shepherd, Jesus shows up as God's strong right hand and says, I am the good shepherd. This all comes to fulfillment in me. Where Jesus says, let me lead you. I'm the good shepherd. You know I'm the good shepherd because I am willing to sacrifice my life for the sheep. I'm going to protect my lambs by dying in their place. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. So what I love that, Jesus knows who are his, and those who are his know their shepherd. Now, I think this is important, because part of the goal of what God wants to do in each one of our lives is that we will know him just as we are known by him. And that's why it is so important for us to make sure in the chaos and the roller coaster of life that we don't abandon knowing God and being known by him at the extreme ends. Because isn't that what happens if you look back over your life when things are really rough and when things are really exciting, that's when we have a tendency to get in trouble. 
It's in like kind of the ho-hum middle that if you believe in Jesus, you're just kind of steady on, but it's really the extremes of the journey. Today, is Jesus your shepherd? Are you being led by him, provided for by him, cared for by him, or who is leading you today? And I think it's important if you're like, yeah, this is what's leading me today. It's a good thing to be able to identify it because really, oftentimes what I have found, in certain cases, who is leading us and what is leading us is straight up destructive. And if that's the case, then we turn away from those things. But oftentimes what is leading us is something that is actually a good thing, but it's not meant to be the ultimate thing. Does that make sense? Like if someone's like, listen, Fusco, all I care about is I'm gonna lose 20 pounds over the next three months. I'm gonna get my health together. Or, hey, listen, I gotta get out of debt. And so all I'm doing is focusing on my financial literacy and I'm not overspending. Listen, your health, whether it be financial or physical, that's a good thing, but it's not meant to be the ultimate thing. So the key is to keep the good things that we could follow under the authority of Jesus, where Jesus gets that central place. Because if your desire for financial health undercuts your desire to worship Jesus, then you have an idol. An idol is a good thing that becomes an ultimate thing that ultimately is a bad thing or destructive thing. If you're like, listen, all I care about is having a great marriage. I don't really care about Jesus. I'm here to tell you, having a good marriage is good, but Jesus is the only person who can make you have a great marriage. Or if you're saying, look, I want to crush being a single person right now. Listen, there's no sin in being single. No problem with it. God's preparing you for whatever he has. Today is the day he wants your disciples just to do singlehood. But I'm here to tell you, if all you care about is being a rock-solid single person, and that's more important than Jesus, then you have a problem. So however we dice this thing, we need to define, who do I have a tendency to follow that isn't Jesus? And anytime there's a conflict, our job is to follow Jesus. Because look at what happens. When Jesus is our shepherd, the good shepherd, notice what it says next in verse one, I shall not what? I shall not want. And I like to say it this way, that Jesus brings contentment. As you are led by Jesus, he brings contentment with him. That word means I shall not want. It literally means I have no lack. Notice it says I shall not want. It doesn't say I might not want. It's a declaration And it's also a decision. When we follow Jesus as the good shepherd, it's a declaration. Why is it a declaration? Because we know that all of our needs are supplied by and in Jesus as our shepherd. Everything that we truly need, we find in Jesus. So we declare it. But it's also a decision. Because us being able to say, I have no lack because Jesus is my shepherd. Literally means I decide to not desire more than what my shepherd gives me. This is important. I've been a follower of Jesus for a little minute. I've been a pastor for about 20 years now. One of the things I find is that when you say, okay, Jesus is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everyone's like, yeah, I tried following Jesus and it didn't work. Because it's easy to declare all of my needs are found in Jesus but it's the decision piece that we struggle with. Because the decision says, I will be content with whatever my shepherd gives me, even if it's what I don't want. 
And I'm here to tell you, right here, this is where people veer off the road of faith. This is where people walk away because they're like, what I want is this. And if I don't get this, then obviously God isn't good to me. And that is not being led by the shepherd. That is you leading your own life and hoping that Jesus will be the great cosmic vending machine to give you what you want when you want it. And we've all done it. Abram and Sarah did it with Hagar. They ended up with Ishmael. I mean, there's so many examples of this. Moses was on the mountaintop in Mount Sinai, and they wanted to worship a golden calf. Why? Because they wanted what they wanted now, not trusting the good shepherd to give us what we need in his timing. So how are you doing making the decision to be content with what Jesus has given you? And what that means is learning how to trust God's timing on all the big decisions of life. I went through this when I was a young pastor. I was a single pastor. I wasn't married and I wanted to get married. I wanted to have a family. And I remember I was single for like seven years in my early 20s, well, to my late 20s, you know. And the Lord was like, Daniel, it's not time. Do you trust me? And I was like, yes. But inside, I'm like, no, I don't trust you. <laughs> You're hoping someone sets you up with someone, you know what I mean? Like, you just hoping that someone like comes, like saves the day. But the Lord's got his own plan. And listen, learning how to trust, make the decision that I am content with whatever the Lord gives, and I'm not going to desire more than what he has already given. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have goals and aspirations. It means that because Jesus is our shepherd, our goals and aspirations come underneath, Lord, I'm not going to push for what you're not giving right now. I'm not going to make a way where there is no way. I'm going to trust that because you are the way. You'll make a way when you want to. And again, so much of life lands right here. Isn't it true? How many of us are disgruntled in our hearts because we are not trusting the shepherd to provide in his own time? And so we are striving and spinning our wheels trying to get a whole bunch of stuff done. That's so much of my story, quite honestly. But what happens when we allow Jesus to be the good shepherd that he is, and we say, I'm not only going to declare that all of my needs are fulfilled in Jesus, but I'm going to make the decision to not desire anything other than Jesus has for me. The apostle Paul spoke of this, Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, and verse 19, he says this, not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content." I know how to be abased or humbled, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, the apostle said, I've learned it. See, on the wild journey of life with the hilltops and the valleys, with the good things and the bad things, Paul's saying, I know how to be hungry and I know how to have overflowing. I know how to have abundance and scarcity. I have learned how to suffer need and to be able to be generous. And either way, my God will be able to supply your needs in his glorious riches. See, there is a steadiness to the soul of someone who is being shepherded by Jesus that you find yourself being like, when things are good, I praise God. And when things are bad, 
I acknowledge how bad they are and I praise God. When I am in the middle of the revival, I praise God. And when I'm in a jail cell, I sing psalms. And I believe that because in our world, the goal is to make you a economic driver, all the advertising, I watch it with my kids all the time. I'm like, oh, you got properly marketed to. Look at you. What it does, it shows you this is what you're lacking and this is how we will take care of it for you. I can do some low-hanging fruit. Here's the low-hanging fruit on how you get marketed to. I'm going to talk to my sisters in the room, okay? So, you know, as you get older, things change, right? (laughs) That's true for the boys as well. It's how it works. But for the women, it's like, you got these wrinkles. Well, listen, there's this magical serum. It only costs seven installments of $957. (laughs) But you have to do all seven months because the first month, the special serum, really what it does, and it shows you all these cool artistic renditions of how the serum goes in and what, however it does it, it does it. But at first, it's the first step and it gets rid of this thing and then the second step. And, and then after you spend $7,000 and you look in the mirror, how do you look? Exactly the same. <laughs> Gorgeous in the name of Jesus, amen? <laughs> but you still got the wrinkles, like they're still there. And then like, oh, no, no, you don't need a serum. You need to go get your eyes done. (laughs) Don't get your eyes done, people. Because all of a sudden your eyes are like this. Everyone's awkward around you. You came, you saw, you made everyone awkward because your eyes won't shut anymore. (laughs) What you're lacking is youthful vigor and we have the serum for you. Now, they're different with the boys. Let's talk to the boys for a second. They can't get the guys like, you got to look younger because you don't really want to look younger. You want to look older. You just want to sit down longer. You want a faster remote control. So no guy's like, listen, hey, you want to look younger. Here's seven installments of $957. Like, you want to be cooler? Buy this truck for $847,000. And every guy, and you're commuting to work in your, insert your favorite normal person car. And all of a sudden they show the guys and they're driving on the mountaintops and there's dirt on their wheels. Listen, the only time there's dirt on your wheels is when there's a puddle in your parking lot, okay? (laughs) I know there's like three of you that have jacked up Jeeps where you go out driving that thing, but you really don't drive it too much. Because if you did, it'd be broken down out there. It'd be a house for coyotes. Now, I know there's three of you are going to get mad at me later, but you know how it goes. So it's like, you need to buy this car. Or they get the guys like, listen, you need this special razor so your beard looks extra cool. I'm here to tell you, your beard looks how it looks when it grows on your face, boys. (laughs) I'm a man. I've had a beard since I was in like third grade, okay? You don't need some special razor. My son Obadiah is starting to grow his beard out. It's so cool. It's like he's got facial hair. He's like, Dad, what do I need to do to grow it faster? I'm like, not shave. <laughs> he's like, can I rub anything on it? I'm like, like your food? Like, <laughs> like what do you want to rub on it? Like, it's like, there's no like hair serum. When you realize that the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not lack, you start to realize like, Part of being led by Jesus is he leads me through younger age and older age. What a gift 
that we get to be around long enough to see our beards go gray, to see our foreheads get bigger with wisdom. <laughs> like, it's a cool thing. But because so much of this is driven by economics, they're trying to sell you stuff. But when you realize, listen, getting older is a gift from the Lord. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. And those of you who've been a little farther, you're like, oh, Fusco, you don't even know what you're talking about. And I get that. Don't I know it? But here's the deal. When the Lord is your shepherd and you're content in that, you're like, I remember what it was like to be young and spry, and now I'm older. I'm not as spry. But that's okay because the Lord is my shepherd and I'm happy to be on the step that I'm on. Listen to Paul writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, on this idea of contentment. I love this. Verses 6 to 10 is very powerful, but it says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. I love that. Memorize that. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See, again, Paul's saying, listen, we have to remind people that godliness with contentment is great gain. And if we allow the economic push of our culture to consume our lives, it will. And listen, we all live here. As I always like to say, you know, um, Madonna, that great American theologian, not a biblical theologian, you know, she said, we're living in a material world, and what? I am a material girl. <laughs> for you kids, you don't know that, but someone will remake that song pretty soon. It's about time for that thing to come back. I can see Rihanna doing it, but probably better. Anyway, different discussion for another day. But if you were to rate your contentment today, where are you at? That's nasty, isn't it? That's a nasty question. But if the Lord is our shepherd, then the question becomes, if he's my shepherd, then why aren't I content? Why aren't I content? And that is the step that we're on. I always like to tell people, like, we celebrate when people take the next step. So when we can acknowledge, I am not content because I'm not making the decision to trust God's provision at this time or what he's doing. Then we start saying, Lord, will you do a work in my life? Lord, will you change me? See, whatever step we're on becomes the curriculum for the things that we need to learn. But notice what happens next. In verse two, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. And really what we learn here is that Jesus wants you to rest in him. He wants you to rest. Because, because Jesus is the shepherd, David's saying, I'm contented. And then he explains why he's contented. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leaves me beside the still waters, which could also be translated the waters of rest. Now, what's interesting is now I've never shepherded the animal sheep. Does that make sense? So like, you don't want me overnight with animals. I have a hard enough time with my kids. But there's a beautiful book, if you want to read it as we do this series, by a man named Philip Keller. It's called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. It's a beautiful little book. His vocation was being a shepherd. And one of the things that he mentions is that 
Sheep will not lie down easily unless four conditions are met. So this, like for a sheep to lie down, because they're skittish animals, right? Unless four conditions are met. They won't lie down when they're afraid. You know, they're social animals. So because they're social animals, if there's any friction among the sheep, they won't lie down. Of course, if there's flies or parasites that are troubling them, they won't lie down. And finally, if they're anxious about food or hungry, they won't lie down. So in a lot of ways, we're like them. If we have fear, friction, we have some sort of ailment, or if we're lacking the necessities, we won't lie down. But what's interesting here is that these sheep are lying down in green pastures and they are literally being led beside still waters. Now what's amazing is, is the only time a sheep will lie down in a beautiful green pasture is when they're well satisfied. Because if not, they'd be walking around eating. It's like if you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. How many of you like those things? Oh, you liars. <laughs> you all like those things. I love all-you-can-eat buffet. Like, I'm like, I'll, like, I'll just, like, I'll just do, like, eight meetings in a row there. I'll just eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner there all day. I get thrown out. Like, it doesn't mean all-you-can-eat all day, right? I remember we used to go to this all-you-can-eat Japanese buffet in New Jersey. It was unbelievable. There was, like, suit. It was... You should all go there after. I don't even, so good. Imagine you can go to all you can eat burger place. Can you imagine? Never mind. I'll leave this alone. But when you first get there and you're hungry, you know, if you're like me, you scan everything. Where's what's where? Where do I want to start, right? And if you're smart, you don't take too much on the first plate because you want to be able to taste some things, see what you like. And then you go back and you go back. And then at some point, if you've eaten enough, you sit down, you pop the top button and you just like let it settle for a second. That's an old Italian person trick, you know, so like make a little room. But once you're sitting there, once you've well eaten, you're like, man, it's time for some coffee. You're hoping that the hot water will like kind of move some things down a little bit. So maybe you can get a little dessert in there, you know what I mean? But when you first get there, you're walking around, you're trying to figure out what's the plan of attack. And in the same way, for a sheep, the only time a sheep would lay down in a green pasture when it's been well fed. Same way, if there's waters of rest there, the sheep is only going to lie down when it's drank enough. It's not going to lie down when it's thirsty. And so really what this is teaching us is that Jesus, as our good shepherd, he brings us contentment so that we find ourselves contented and comfortable as we lie down in what he has for us. And really what he has for us is rest, a rest for us on the deepest levels. Jesus said it this way in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the book of Proverbs, there's a saying, slow and steady wins the race. This relates to what Pastor Daniel taught today, because when you know who you are as a sheep of Jesus, well, this helps make a lot of other decisions easier. Knowing that Jesus is watching over you, even when your life seems crazy, helps keep your anxiety down. You can have peace that can't be understood with the mind, 
because you know that God's got your back. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel begins a new teaching, When Life Is Scary. He'll get to the part of Psalm 23 that people want to gloss over, the valley of the shadow of death. Pastor Daniel's going to talk about the truth that life is not a series of mountaintop experiences, but there are valleys in darkness. But he's going to show you that God's going to be there, taking you through those hard times, not leaving you to fend for yourself. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Wild. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.